This is a Kitty Pod production. WWE Saudi Slam will not be seen tonight so that we may bring you a program that hasn't been and will never be bought out by woman-hating no-goodniks who are not only bent on filthy lucre in the name of world domination... From Television City in Hollywood. Welcome to episode number 173 of the Keep It To Yourself podcast. The most above average podcast ever to hit your ear holes. My name, of course, and as always, is Jason Bullet. The regulator, innovator, dominator, creator, a theta, plus the imitator, assassinator, baby. I demand the hour, demand the power, too sweet to be sour. They call me Mr. Tibbs. I'm your pre-owned. That's right, it's me, Smokey Bear. Gosh, what a neat guy. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. Baby, baby. And I'm coming to you from the rolling and climate change inhibited Verdant Hills of Saratoga County, New York. I'm recording this on Friday the 13th, Friday, January 13th, 2023. Well, that's one Jason you don't want to run into, but this is one Jason you want to have up in your ear holes, as I mentioned earlier. And what are we going to talk about in this episode? Well, yours truly spent the first weekend of this new year out and about and there is a reason behind it and also a reason for the main topic of this episode dating on the spectrum you know helpful hints timely tips pointers all that sort of thing we'll get to that in just a moment but first let's get to the social media i'm on instagram at keep it to yourself podcast there's also the kitty pod facebook page and also the world's loneliest email kitypod at gmail.com if you want to interact with me that way. And also, don't forget, I forgot to mention this, the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash K-I-T-Y podcasts. I think that's what it's called. Let me check my notes. That air is always such a good thing on the podcast, let me tell you. Yep, that's it. It's patreon.com slash K-I-T-Y podcasts. I got to set a good rate for that one. It won't be too much of a price. That much I will tell you. All right, let's get to the vanity portion of this episode here. How has the first week of 2023 been to one J. Michael Bullet? Well, it was rather quiet, uh, rather quiet start to the new year, as I stated in the last episode. You know, did my usual New Year's bit, watched the Winter Classic, North Shore Bookstore, that whole bit. You know what it's like. Well, a funny thing happened as I got to the first work week of this year. I have four floating holidays that I mentioned in a previous episode on my work because, well, my company is based in Canada and all their employees up that way on that side of the border get that whole week off between Christmas and New Year's. Meanwhile, we here in the States, we ran a skeleton crew. It was back to full volume this week after the holidays and I was in the queues at my work here at the house, bullet house that is, and my supervisor was like, hey, I noticed you're in the queues. You actually have today off. I'm like, well, I thought I had this past Friday off. Boy, I'll be darn. <laughs> Whoops. So I'm like, okay, just finish what you're working on. We'll see you tomorrow. All right, take care. Hope you guys had a great holiday season. Bye now. Just logged off, and that was it. I explained to my dad and his companion about why I was down there. like, what happened? I'm like, well, let me give you a story. I'm not bullshitting you. No lies here. So... I wound up having a day off. I'm like, I thought I had the Friday off, but then I wound up having the day after the New Year's holiday. So I had a four-day weekend. Actually, a five-day weekend because I took the day before New Year's off, too. New Year's Eve, really. I'll tell you what, if he comes back, I got some bodyguards here, man. I got some muscle. If he comes back and makes one of those snide, crass remarks, I'll tell you, he'll be getting it. Hey, were you talking about me just now? Told you, my Saudi bodyguards do not fuck around. So he's gone. 
And we won't be hearing from him for the rest of the show. I hope his ghosts don't haunt me. But anyway, uh, vacation confusion aside, I cashed in the second of my four floating holidays. And this is the last of them right here. I do not have any measurable days off or time off coming to me until Good Friday, first week of April. Again, the company's based in Canada. They run things by their own rules up there in the Great White North. And every employee, both on this side of the border and up in Canada, will have Good Friday off, you know, weekend of Easter. But also of note is an event that happened that is relevant to the main topic of this episode today or tonight or whenever it is you're listening. And that is me getting out and about. Now, during the holiday break or sometime around there, I went on to Meetup and I joined this group called Adventurous Singles 40 Plus. And as you might expect, these are people who are over the age of 40 and up, you know, older folks who uh, don't have kids, aren't married, etc., who just want to get out and enjoy life. You know what I'm saying? So I was glad to find out that the first event of 2023 was this college hockey game. Now, Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute, RPI, they're based in Troy, New York, just downriver. Their men's college hockey team had a weekend set of games, even though the students were on break. So when I arrived that Friday night after work, or sometime thereafter, it was rather easy to find parking. And by that, I mean somewhat difficult. Sure, the students were away on break for the holidays, as I mentioned just moments ago. But it didn't make the challenge of finding parking any easier, too. In fact, so much so, I had to stop a couple of campus safety officers who were working the game, you know, trying to, you know, helping out with parking and all that, I said, hey, listen, um, any place I can do free parking? Because some of these lots were like permit parking only, et cetera, et cetera. And one of the officers was kind enough to say, hey, you can park in the D lot. And normally we don't let you park there, but we're going to let you do it just for tonight. And that was for the reasons probably that I stated already. So I'm like, okay, but this D lot, you got to go up this hill. It's not very steep, thankfully, but it was going to be a bit of a climb after the game was over. I went back to my car to go home. But anyway, you know, I'll get the exercise, especially with all the hills, you know, how Troy's situated. You live out here, you know what the deal is geographically. So I climbed down the hill, and by climb I mean walk, and I'm inside the hockey arena, I'm like, where is everybody? I know I got there early just in case parking was an issue. I wanted to have those ducks in a row. So I hang around the outside. They're not letting anybody into the arena itself. We're just waiting out in the concourse, the lobby, or wherever that is. And then I walk outside, like, oh, there's the organizer. Make the introductions. Everybody, you know, says, hi, how you doing? Glad to meet you. Do a little conversation. One of the people who attended this event was this woman from England, the south of England. I mean, she was a nice woman, I'll admit you that. And rather nice personality, too. The old saying goes, it's not what's on the outside that counts, it's what's on the inside. But I figured, well, this is the first meetup, let's uh, not get too ahead of the script here. Also, there was this group of other people, there was another meetup group, I'm not sure what their deal was, but they joined us at the game too, had ourselves a heck of a time. And also, I didn't have to pay for the ticket, which is really nice. And they're about $9 general admission, so pretty cheap as far as sporting events go, at least around here anyway. There was this group of disabled people. And the, one of the supervisors was like, well, we didn't have some people show up, so they just hand us these tickets. I'm like, oh, wow, thank you. Now, for some reason, before the game, we all walk into the arena. We're finally let in. We're split up, and we're on one side of the ice. The rest of the group's on the other side. We're on the other end of the rink. And I watched the YouTube video of the highlights package from this game. And if you look closely, you can see yours truly. I'm the one you can just barely make out in a purple and black L.L. Bean jacket. L.L. Bean, not a sponsor, but shout out one of my classmates who has a big front office position over there. Emily Lewis, shout out. And right as they do one of the face-offs in the corner. Well, sir, we eventually reunite after the first intermission. So we're on the other side. In fact, we're right below the 
press box there where they call the games and everything, which I thought was interesting. So we're almost up in the cheap seats. Bit of a hike up there, but, you know, it is what it is. I had a great time. RPI was down 2-1. to one. They were playing from behind most of the game. Their opponents on the night was Colgate University, the Raiders of that fine institution. Third period was when the engineers really turned it on. They scored four unanswered goals. Well, actually, three unanswered. Then they let one in. Then got an empty netter about one minute before the end of the game to put it away. RPI came back for a 5-3 to three win. So a thrilling come-from-behind victory for the engineers. And a good time was had by all, including us in this group. And it was a great way to kick off the first weekend of the new year. And like I said, this was a singles group I went to. So this is tying in with the relevant topic of today's episode, or tonight's, or whenever. And it's called Dating on the Spectrum. And we'll get into that discussion right now. All right, folks, we've made it to the main topic of this episode. Coincidentally, we're about a month or so out from Valentine's Day. But given what we discussed earlier in this episode, I've decided to make the main topic dating on the spectrum. I found this website doing my research. It's called spectrumdisorder.com, and I'll post a link to this article on the teaser text. So you'll find it there. Now, in these times especially, dating is hard enough for anybody, especially for the males out there listening. You know, with Me Too and all these apps and these men in power getting called out by females for their past misdeeds. And some current ones, too, get swept under the rug previously. But for those of us on the autism spectrum, the task is even more daunting. But that doesn't mean we don't crave any type of human connection, especially with those of the opposite sex. Now, I know there's males listening, there's females, straight, gay whomever. I mean, we're all just people. That's all. I'm speaking as a Aspergian or male on the spectrum. And this kind of my perspective, I'll just get these pieces of advice out to you and I'll interject with my own thoughts, experiences, etc. The numbers are against the male population of which I am a member. Men outrule the women in the autism spectrum by a four to one ratio which is pretty rich, tilting heavy on the male side. And half of us adults on the spectrum still live at home with our parents in our adult years mainly due to lack of social skills, or money, or both, or maybe inability to speak the English language, but like I just did. But still you want to try and find somebody or else your parents will try and force it on you, like get out of our house, you. I don't care if you're disabled. So the task begins. But you got to find someone first. And how do you do it? Well, there's apps for just about everything these days, including recording the podcast to which you're listening right now. There is this website I found out. Well, not a website. It's an app called Hiki. H-I-K-I. And I've been using that to find potential mates on the spectrum. And, you know, you can find you know men seeking women, men seeking men, swing both ways, play for the same team one way or another like that. I found this one person, you can find either love or friendship, or, you know, if you don't want to jump into it right away, I mean, let's just be friends and see how this plays out. I'll say hello, and they haven't responded to me yet, so I don't think they're that interested in me. Oh, well, it's the uh, breaks of the game, I guess. So, I mean, I hit the bottom of the wall pretty early. I got to go pretty far afield. There aren't too many on the app here in the rolling hills of Saratoga County and New York's capital region, too. You hit the bomb of the barrel right quick. And I don't mean offense in that statement. You think my dad has it pretty tough now with going between here and North Adams, Massachusetts? I've had to find people very far afield. I mean, long-distance relationships are tough as you know what. Jeez, you. Now, I got to think back. When I was in my mid-20s, and this is a part of the family we don't speak to anymore, a lot of drama around my grandma Bullet's death, but that's all I'm going to say about it. One of these relatives tried to hook me up with a woman named Brenda. You know, she always go with computers. You two can have an afternoon try and fix stuff here. <laughs> well, we had a great little outing. We had lunch at Friendly's. 
And then there was, you know, we played a little mini golf, did a little candle pin bowling. It was a full afternoon. Even went back to her place to try and get her computer fixed because they knew I was good at this kind of stuff. Had a wonderful time. And then about a month or so in, she calls me at the house and says, I don't think this is going to work out. I don't know if it was distance or if it was uh, me being me. I really don't know, to be perfectly honest with you. So it was both disheartening and kind of a relief, too, because for somebody my age, it was a long way to go to, for romance, I'll tell you. Long-distance relationship. That's just how I thought at the time. All right. <clears throat> Sorry for clearing my throat. Forgive me for that. So, all right, online dating, maybe that's not your thing. Well, you're going to have to get out there in person, in real life, IRL. Speed dating is another one. Now, a simple concept here, you sign up for this event, you meet other people, but it's not like a formal date where you go like a half hour, 45 minutes, you try to avoid awkward silences, and awkward silences too, maybe, who knows. But you get about a good five minutes, then you're on to the next person. You just go round and round and round till you meet everybody. And at the end of the night, you've got your names in there like, oh, I like this person. Hopefully she's interested in me. Or if you're female, the other way around. Or like I said, you know, maybe like a man and another man, a woman and another woman. Whatevs. Hopefully you find some stuff there. Or maybe you could... Find those who share your interests. You find other people. Now, those of us on the spectrum have narrow interests, you know, esoteric, parochial, stuff like that. There's places like Meetup where you can join these groups and they have events scheduled on the regulars and you can meet people there. Maybe find that special someone who won't mind you going on and on about certain topics, arcane as they may be. Now, there are a lot of appropriate places in which to meet people and mate with someone, too. Words are failing me right now. Jeez. But one place you really don't want to try it is in the workplace. This colloquially is known as dipping your pen in the company ink. There's some human resources implications here. It's certainly not worth going about doing. That's not to say... Uh, I did have my eye on a couple of uh, females in my, uh, well, not where I worked previously, but there was this other place. I mean, sure, you know, I got the little uh, thunder down under, if you don't mind me saying so. I hope this doesn't implicate me, but I knew to hold back. I knew to, you know, just, you know, don't go too far with this one. You might be breaking some rules here, and this is going to be detrimental to your future employment and prospects and whatnot. So I'm glad I took it. I didn't take it far enough or too far. All right. Well, maybe you found that person. You got some contact info. And I certainly hope that I had taken this advice a few years ago when I met this redhead named Marcy at Talk House. Ask someone out. So I get her contact info. Wait about a week or so. That way she won't think you're coming on stronger than five acres of garlic. And that leads into the first topic, and that's understanding what's important, or what's inappropriate, rather, and what isn't when you show interest in someone. You know, like there could be some time like, all right, well, what's one way of asking somebody out? And you want to be careful to not cross the line. Now, another thing going against those of us on the spectrum is reading either verbal communication or nonverbal communication. And it's also difficult for us to detect disinterest and a sarcastic tone of voice. Yet body language is critical for judging interest, like, you know, eye contact, touch on the shoulder, anything of that nature. You have to figure out if they're interested in you or not. And that can be very difficult for those of us in the spectrum. Now, back to what I was talking about earlier, understanding what's appropriate and what's inappropriate you want to be careful with your words and your actions, too. Now, they suggested here, this article said, learning about romance and developing social skills by watching as much media as you can. Movies, television shows, one thing or another like that. That way you can get you the hang of it. They're a great educational tool, but you don't want to mimic what you just saw. And you don't want to watch these by yourself. Have a friend or family member watch with you. 
That way you can discuss what's happening and you can correctly interpret the cues to see if they're interested in you. Now, asking a person out on a date is not easy regardless of whether you're neurodivergent or neurotypical. All they say is you have to have a good deal of confidence. Just keep calm, take a deep breath, and just relax. Whatever happens, happens. If she says yes, great. If not, well, we're going to get to that right now. Now, I've asked people out before when in my younger days. And I was like, well, you want to go for coffee or something? Or, you know, burp, 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 all that. And sometimes they would just flat out say, well, I love to, but no. Embarrassing and hurtful as it may be, people within rights to turn down whatever offers you have of taking them out. I certainly have had a fair share of rejection back in my day. Sometimes they'll sneak in verbal cues. Like, like I said, I remember back to college days, they mentioned, oh, my boyfriend, burp, 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 burp. and that, was a, that, would, that killed any prospect of dating right away. They were shacked up with somebody else. So either way, how this plays out in the rejection front, you just have to accept the decision for what it is, dust yourself off, and just... Move on to the next. And also, if you do get turned down, don't take it personal. Like I said previously, people within their rights to turn down your offers. And besides, there's plenty of fish in the sea, the old saying goes. All right, we handle rejection, but what if the person you're interested in says yes? Well, there's some valuable tips for you. First up, Practice, 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 or practice makes perfect, as I said on my notes here. One thing you want to do is ask a trusted friend or family member and do a little role play with somebody who is great with communicating and gives advice that you deem trustworthy. Any and all questions you have related to your date, feel free and do not hesitate any way to ask about them. And these questions are include, but are in no way limited to what you should expect on the date, what you might do, what it's going to feel like, etc. You can also role play different topics, work through some tricky moments. That way, you'll be prepared for anything. Whatever this throws at you, you'll be ready to take care of it and handle the situation however it's presented to you. And more importantly, you'll feel less nervous about the whole thing. Not that it's already a nerve-wracking experience, but at least you'll feel more calmed down about what it is you're about to get into. Second of all, I have written down in my notes, mind your manners. Now, people, ladies especially, like it when their mates have good manners, or people in general. Especially when you're on a date, you want to be a guy to hold the door for them into the restaurant, pull in their chair... You know, show some chivalry. You know, not in the classic sense back to the days of you know, the medieval knights and whatnot. But, you know, you want to have some kind of modicum of respectability. So, you know, if you're on the date, you know, don't talk too loud. Hopefully it's not a uh, loud place where you have to, you know, it's so loud you can't hear yourself think. You really have to strain to hear somebody. I'll get to sensory issues in just a moment. We'll address that later, you know. Don't talk with your mouth full. Don't be a slob and a snob too. Don't, you know, just don't uh, be a complete dink about the whole thing. This is important stuff. I think Jerry Seinfeld, I'm not sure what the comic is, don't quote me on it, said that ding is like one big job interview. He's right. You look at it that way. Well, one thing you want to do in a job interview, the most important thing is Look neat in appearance. You know, wear good clothes, but fitting. You know, have your hair in place. You know, take a shower or a bath before you go on the date. You know, look nice, look respectable. Now, I mentioned sensory things earlier. Have the right place in mind, like going to a coffee shop, going to a restaurant that's not too noisy or anything like that. That way you can really have a great experience, or as great experience as you can have. The Spectrum Disorder website said, you might not like a bustling bar as your date place. 
is you can be distracted by the loudness or flashing lights. Probably a club too. Nightclub would be out of the question as well. Don't choose a place that makes you feel uncomfortable. Also, you have to take distance into account. Now, I'm lucky to be centrally located, kind of, between not only my hometown of Saratoga Springs, but there's three other cities in the area in which, you know, bars, restaurants, not bars, but places you can go, like in the suburbs, for a day. There's places like that around here, not too, too far away. Make sure you... Make sure it also it's convenient to get there, you know, easy parking. You don't have to walk too far from the parking lot or the parking garage or, you know, too far up the street or down the street. And choose the right amount of time for the date. And also, make sure it's within your price range, too. I know the old saying, no money, no honey. You don't want to really splash out the cash. And also, they shouldn't be asking what kind of money you're making. If they want to ask about your job, they're within rights to do so. But now is not the time in your first date to bring up the gin. You know what I'm saying? How much coin you're pulling down. So, make sure it doesn't get that way. And make sure you don't ask that of your partner either. Also, keep in mind that, like life itself, plans are subject to change. You have to be ready to go with the flow and adapt to the situation come what may. Doesn't mean the person is interested? Hardly. But there are things that can happen outside of a person's control. And try to be understanding about the whole thing. Again, I got to go back to my college days. Now, I'm a senior. And the person in whom I was interested was a junior. And when you get to like the, your upper two years of college, things get pretty busy. I was happy to have a date going on. Like a little coffee house concert thing. That Wednesday night at the campus center. And then the night we were supposed to do it. She gives me a call in her dorm. And says sorry I got to change plans. I reacted uh, rather poorly. Now this wasn't toward her. But I was just bummed out about the whole thing. I hyped it up too much in my mind. That's just how it works when you're on the spectrum. Nice uh, expectation you want to really have a good showing of yourself. Now, the next part here is be interested and listen closely. And also, you know, communicate clearly. I put the heading here is don't have your head up your hoo-ha. Now, even if it's hard to know what to ask, ask them questions. You know, like, like I said, the, the Seinfeld analogy of dating is one big job interview. He's right as rain about the whole deal. People just love to talk about themselves. We got a little bit of that uh, narcissistic bent going on that. But make your listen. Don't talk too much, though. Don't take it over the line. So make sure you give your partner a chance to respond. Just don't go, you know, nattering on a blue streak. You know, this is economy of words here you're dealing with. Now, I've said, I'm going to say it here. Assume is the most dangerous word in the English language. But in this case... You have to assume that your date cares about your interests as much as you do about theirs. You know, mutual interest in what your lives are about, that's going to go a good way to making sure you have a good date. Also, eye contact. I mean, it's a little difficult for me on the spectrum to actually look somebody right square in the peepers. But it's a great way to show interest. And if you think for one second your eyes are drifting... They're going to take it as, like, oh, this person's not interested in what I have to say. Well, I'm just wasting words on this guy. Jeez. Also, clear communication. And I wrote down elsewhere in my notes, disclosure, keep your trap shut. Disclosure about your disability, whether it's autism or something along those lines, is purely and primarily an emotional decision, yet if you want to do it, it is entirely up to you whether you want to put out there that you have autism. Especially when dating someone. Also, you don't want to wait too long to disclose, but you really don't want to be too upfront with it either. Now, if you're comfortable with the idea of disclosing to your date that you're on the spectrum, he, she, they should be aware of your diagnosis and how you two are going to interact in the future should you get a second date and going forward. 
Feedback is very important. How they respond is also paramount. So that means your day should let you know what they like out of you during the date and what they don't want you to do, what you should avoid doing, or what they think you should avoid doing. Here's an example. As I mentioned earlier, eye contact is pretty hard for many autistic people, myself included. I've had my fair share of difficulty with keeping my eyes focused on the person and not elsewhere in the room. So when you're ready to do so, make sure you share that information. And also just preface it by saying, hey, nothing personal, nothing against you, but I have high-functioning autism and it's rather hard for me to you know, make contact. I am interested in what you're saying, but sometimes I feel like I see something else and I just stare off into the middle distance or something. And also, it helps to be interesting. Now, I feel like an interesting fellow. I try my darndest to, you know, read the room here, and that's difficult, like everything else I've just mentioned. It helps if you have a unique talent to attract the attention of the person you like. You don't want to go completely out there and this and that, go completely over the edge. But that doesn't mean you should present yourself as something you're not. It says, be yourself. That's the most important thing out of the whole deal. Be your best self, but be careful not to brag, according to SpectrumDisorder.com. Sometimes letting other people praise you is much more attractive. Now, dating, well, there's, a, there's safety to be involved here, like everything else in life. And for those on the autism spectrum, sometimes we keep our guard up a little too much when it comes to how we interact with the environment around us. They say, don't meet at your house. Go to a public place to meet somebody or your date and let a trusted adult in your circle or a friend or whomever know where you're going and when you plan on coming home. There are some other things you should consider. I wrote down my notes here. First up, censoring issues and sensory issues. Strike out that which does not apply. Now, I have issues sometimes, like everybody on the spectrum, you know, I can't deal with crowds of people. I can't deal with it's too bright. You know, the lights are too bright in the room. It's too loud or noisy. You know, I can't really hold a conversation. I really got like, burr, 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 you know, almost... Uh, wreck my vocal cords trying to have something resembling a conversation. And also, not only the sensory issues with the outside environment, there's also, you know, physical contact. If, you know, try holding hands instead if hugging might be too much for you. You know, let your, if uh, you're going through sensory, oh, it's too loud in here, like, well, let's have an alternate place in mind right now. Let's go someplace where it's a little quieter, it's not as noisy. It's not as crowded, you know, one thing or another like that. Also, let your date know that you're going to take a break. Like, hey, this is going to be a bit too much for me. I'm just going to duck out for a little bit. I'll be right back in a few minutes. So you're right there. Well, we mentioned hugging and holding hands, physical contact. Well, if there's intimacy, you want to be careful about physical contact because getting intimate is an inevitable part of dating. So make sure you're both involved in the romantic relationship and that you're comfortable with being intimate. And be direct when asking your partner if you want to know for sure. You know, don't uh, beat around the bush. Get right to the point, as it were. And also, this is a big, it's love fixations. Now, when it comes to obsessing over people and things, that seems to be a stock and trade for those of us on the spectrum. And it's rather a detrimental one, too, at least in my opinion, anyway. Now, we can go on and on and talk a blue streak about certain topics, however arcane, esoteric they may be. While it's okay in the greater scheme, the person across the table from you in the date is going to misconstrue it as a real uh, detriment. It could lose focus. And also, it could go to dangerous extremes. You know, you can text this person about 20, 30 times, it may have the best of intentions, but that person's going to think it's threatening behavior and obsessing and maybe bordering on stalkerdom. You'll certainly want to be very, very careful in that regard. So before you make any kind of moves, 
You have to make sure the behavior is reciprocated and they respond in kind. Now, okay, we went through the date here. You got to know how to conduct yourself. But what if you're on the date and somehow you realize things aren't starting to work out? Either the person you're dating or if somebody asked you out and things aren't working out just as well for them. Well, have kind of a bailout here. Now, I put this in because this happened in the first episode of this series on Netflix called Love on the Spectrum. This is the Australian version. There's also an American version. And I got to shout out Frank Sicari, good friend of the pod. And, you know, he got me onto this series. So I've only watched about a good three episodes. And there's this female on the spectrum. She's on her first date and something happens. And then the cameras just show her walking out of the restaurant headed home. Clearly didn't work out. So that was just a pretty simple bailout plan. Another I've heard is like if you have a trusted friend and you didn't drive in your own car, you probably just sneak into the restroom, call that person, have them come pick you up and just leave the other person flat cold right there. I think what I would do in that instance and find out like, oh, I just found like something came up or, you know, there was this emergency. Don't bring your phone into this too, by the way. I should point out burying the lead there. You know, just like, hey, something came up. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to take a rain check on this one. And this is doing so not necessarily because you like the person or you don't like the person, I should say. But you know, you're, this is not like uh, working out. You're getting some bad vibes off of this person. And you have to get out of there just as, you know, uh, you know preserve your own safety and sanity. But whatever happens on this date, whether you get rejected, whether you get a second date or something or other like that, the most important of all the tips I can give you is be yourself. You know, obsessing over a certain topic and just yakety yak a blue streak on the whole deal. That could be a deal breaker. That's all right. Someone out there will certainly love you going on and on about the 2009 New York Yankees say especially if they're a sports fan. That really works out. And also remember to have fun. Now, don't feel pressure to have to outperform your expectations or you know, outthink the room or something like that. You're going out with this person just to see if you two can vibe out with each other. As I mentioned earlier, if this person makes you feel uncomfortable, have a bailout plan in, pay, in place and in pace. And pace yourself out of there. That's what I'm trying to say here. There's no thing more important in this life than yourself, your safety, your sanity, your mental health, etc. And hopefully with these tips, just like with what I've been talking about, you'll be able to form successful relationships that hopefully be fulfilling in one time or another. Now, I have this other article from ABC. And this is uh, from Australia, not here in the States. And this is going to be about the disclosure here. And this is how I'm going to end it. There is a dating expert, at least that's I perceive her to be, said, when it comes to disclosing your disability, this is how it begin to determine compatibility, how you're going to vibe out with the other person. And she says, quote, you sh we should have a focus on how we may approach some questions but also give ourselves permission to go with the flow of conversation. You never know where that may take you, and that the key is here to not make it about yourself. She also said, when it comes to talking about you, let your date probe and then be open, honest, and genuine in your reply. So that's worse to live by right there. So hopefully, as rambled on as I got with this segment, you found some dating tips that you can apply in your own situation, especially if you're on the spectrum. So give it a shot if you're interested in somebody and just keep those in mind when you go through the process. You'll thank me for it later. All right, folks, we hope you found that last segment informative. We're going to get to the end of the show here. We're going to do some pod shout outs before we get there. First up, kind of a light week here. 
We're going to start with greetings from Allentown Live, or GFA Live as it's called now. Pete Winston and Keith Langston did a WWF Superstars Live Watch. This was the episode from October 29th of 1988. You can follow Pete and the podcast at GF Allentown Pod on Twitter. And also check out his YouTube channel too. No episodes of the Sportscasters or the 24-inch podcast. They had a little holiday break themselves. Season 13 hopefully will be upcoming. Not too very far in the future. But we did have the Break It Down show. Pete A. Turner talked with Shelly Klingerman and Jerome Preisler. The latter episode I found very interesting. You can follow the podcast at Break It Down show and the host of same at Pete A. Turner. The Loyal Littles podcast. Chuck and Roxy started out 2023 with Scott Watson and Howie Stoops. And the latter episode featured Anthony Beeson. A picture featuring him went viral on the internet. This is after what happened with Damar Hamlin. Outside the hospital in Cincinnati that he was recuperating at. He's since gotten out of the hospital. More on football later. You can follow Chuck and Roxy at Loyal Littles Pod on Twitter and on Instagram at the Loyal Littles Podcast. And finally, the Anderson Center for Autism had an episode of 1 in 44. And the guest in question was Kathleen Marshall. They interviewed one of their own from the Anderson Center Consulting and Training Department. You can follow the Anderson Center down there in the Hudson Valley of New York at Anderson Autism on Twitter. Or on Instagram, they're at Anderson Center for Autism. As for this little dog and pony show, you can follow us on Facebook. Oh, I already mentioned the social media. We are on Facebook, we're on Instagram, but as for listening and downloading this podcast, you can do so on the podcatcher of your choice, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, your podcatcher of choice. If we're not featured on there, don't worry, we got you covered. You can paste the, you can copy and paste the RSS feed from the show notes, put in your podcatcher, and then bingo, bango, bongo, you're set to go. As for rating and review... If you get a chance and your podcatcher has that type of ability, you can leave a five-star review and a good write-up. That certainly helps me out. Thank you in advance for all that, as I darn near have a bout of indigestion to wrap up this segment. Lay some pads on somebody! Okay, folks, we're about to bring this flight home, but not before we talk a little football here. Sports isn't your bag. Go ahead and scrub all the way to the end. We'll catch you on the next one. But anyway, this is the playoff edition of the Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock of the Century of the Week. In fact, we should pluralize that to Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock of the Century. We've now switched gears to the playoffs in the National Football League. And this is Super Wild Card Weekend. I believe this is the second, if not the third season, they're doing something like this. And there are six, count them, six games going on this weekend from Saturday afternoon to Monday night. It'll be Martin Luther King Day here in the United States of America when this all wraps up. So holiday weekend. I hope you all have a good one. So we've got so much to get through here. We're going to make some brief, succinct remarks about each of the games. We're going to go in chronological order right on down the line. As for the regular season, uh, I was very sporadic, but I had a successful Thanksgiving. I had a more successful record than I did back 2021. So without any further let, hindrance, delay, etc., or maybe my voice going out anytime during this last part of the show, let's quickly get to the playoff picks and bring on the traveling music. Maestro, if you please. All right, folks, we're going to start the late Saturday afternoon, the curtain raiser, if you will, except it's going to be early afternoon on the West Coast where this game is taking place. The San Francisco 49ers playing host to the Seattle Seahawks NFC West matchup rivalry game. We're going to talk quarterbacks here. Geno Smith. This guy languished in obscurity. Well, then again, if you play for a down-a-heel franchise like the New York Jets, that's certainly bound to happen. Geno gets brought into Seattle. Pete Carroll cleans him up. Makes him shine a little bit there. Seahawks struggle to get to the playoffs, but here they are. Meanwhile, their division rival, San Francisco, they won the division. Some of it under the tutelage of Jimmy Garoppolo. 
Then he gets injured during the season. Trey Lance, well, you think he'd get the star right now? Nope. It's a man by the name of Brock Purdy. No, nobody had heard of Brock Purdy up until this point. The guy was Mr. Irrelevant in the NFL draft. Mr. Irrelevant, that's the term they give the player who was the last one to be drafted that particular year to an NFL franchise. Well, he's certainly becoming relevant in some sense. He's leading the 49ers into this contest. The line is 10 points in favor for San Francisco. I say the Niners will win, but Seattle's going to make a game of it. They'll cover the spread. In the nightcap to the AFC and to the east coast of Florida, the Los Angeles Chargers travel into Jacksonville with all those Waffle Houses to face the Jaguars. These are two teams that really had no shot to play off during the course of the regular season, or at least one of them didn't anyway. This new format, I believe, has certainly helped out. If you told me two of these teams would be in the playoffs, much less facing each other, I would have been, go home, you're drunk. Bartender, cut them off next time he heads your way. I don't know what to make of this game too much. Uh, Justin Lawrence, third-year quarterback out of Clemson. Then you got Justin Hebert for the Chargers. I'm taking the bolt straight up. The line is just too small for me to play with. All right, we go to the Sunday slate here. The curtain raiser that day. The Buffalo Bills hosting their AFC East rivals, the Miami Dolphins. Of course, the big news out of Buffalo and the big news out of the sports world was the discharge of Damar Hamlin, Bill's safety, from the hospital in Cincinnati after that terrible cardiac arrest episode last week in the Monday Night Football finale. He's recovering at home in Buffalo, and we're all glad to hear that. Josh Allen, the quarterback, it's been a rough couple of weeks or so, however long it's been for the Bills organization and for the sports world at large. But here are the Bills. They won the AFC East. Meanwhile, for the Dolphins, Tua Taivagaloa is regularly the guy under center. But unfortunately, he's had all these concussions. The Dolphins organization made a pig's ear of handling the whole thing. So there's a backup in there whose name escapes me. It doesn't matter. Buffalo's going Hamlin strong and circling the wagons for number three. The Lions an astounding 13 and a half points. I'm going to say the Bills will take it minus the number. Now this game is of interest to yours truly, more than a vested interest. The New York Giants, the NFC East champions, taking on the Minnesota Vikings in their stadium in the frozen north. A resurgent season for the Giants under first-year head coach Brian Dable. You want to talk reclamation projects? I mentioned Geno Smith earlier in Seattle. Daniel Jones. Here he is. This is his fourth season under center in New York. He went through a lot of coaches, a lot of failure, doubts about whether he'd be the guy. And, of course, the Giants, you know, the personnel around him certainly has a help. But here they are in 2022-23. It's their first NFC East Division title. And also their first playoff appearance since 2016. Now they're taking on a Minnesota team that lost. Actually, they lost. Yeah, they did. The Giants lost to Minnesota on Christmas Eve. Get your fact straight, Jay. In that very building, U.S. Bank Stadium. Meanwhile, Minnesota has Kirk Cousins at quarterback. But if you take a whole look at the Vikings franchise history, they have had a history of playoff choke jobs and playoff choke jobs over the last quarter century or thereabouts. Well, as a betting man, they say, lose for your team, but bet against them. I'm going to take Minneapolis minus three. Actually, Minnesota. It's getting late here. Oh. Vikings minus the three. And Sunday night, it'll be Baltimore at Cincinnati. I mentioned the Bengals earlier. That's where DeMar Hamlin was uh, getting his treatments and recuperating. You know, snapping out of that cardiac event. The Bengals, the defending AFC champions, Joe Burrow, grew up right nearby. Bengals have himself a heck of a season. Unlike their Super Bowl opponents who won last year. Meanwhile, for the Ravens, Lamar Jackson will not be under center for Baltimore. And that's going to pose some problems for the Ravens. Since he's going to really do it in this rematch of the regular season finale, Week 18. Take Cincy minus the points. The hook is uh, nine and a half. The hook will bring me back. <laughs> and finally, and I certainly mean after stumbling my words the last few minutes, we go to the Monday night game, 
Dallas Cowboys at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 80 for Brady. There might be some old folks in the stands in Tampa for this one. Tampa going in there, 8-9 uh, and nine record, won the NFC Southern Division. In my opinion, if you have a record anywhere below 500, you really shouldn't make the playoffs. Besides, do we really need every division represented? This is a blazing hot take and a controversial one at that, but I just have to get it out there. Even with a guy like Tom Brady, what more is there to be said about him that hasn't been said already? I mean, guy's a legend. What more can you say? You know, Bucks scuffled their way into the playoffs and the division title. Dallas, though, well, they came in second in the NFC East. Actually, they came in third. I forgot. Wait a minute. Oh, the Giants, they didn't win the division title. Oops. My bad. That went to Philadelphia. We'll see them next week. But in any event, it's the Monday night game we're focusing on here. The Dallas Cowboys, well... Dallas going to Dallas. They haven't won a Super Bowl in over a quarter century, and that drought is going to continue. I'm taking Tampa Bay with the upset. That's my upset special right there, plus the two and the half. So to recap, Seattle covers against San Francisco. Chargers straight up against Jacksonville. Buffalo 13 in the hook over Miami. Minnesota minus three over Big Blue, the Giants. Cincinnati plus, minus nine in the hook against Baltimore. And Tampa Bay upsets Dallas plus the two in the hook. And that will do it for the playoff picks. And at long last, this episode of the Keep It To Yourself podcast, episode number 173 in the series. I thank you all for listening. I certainly appreciate the support. You guys go and have yourself a great weekend. And I'll talk to you on the next one whenever that may be. And as always, and above all else, wait for it. Wait for it. Keep smiling. Otis lives. Hey, Clavens! Wake up! The show's over. Oh, yeah! Check it! I think they get back next week. I'm not sure. I don't have any stake of that college anymore. This has been a Kitty Pod production, produced in Saratoga County, New York, shared with the world.